This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 196 of Brewers on Tap. We're getting closer to that episode number 200. We come to you today with the Brewers in the midst of a really nice run to open up this season, dropping the first series to the Twins two games to one, but since then they've won three straight series. They won the series at Wrigley, the series at Bush against the Cardinals, and they come home to American Family Field, and they take two out of three from the Cubs in Milwaukee, and now they welcome the Pittsburgh Pirates to town starting this weekend. The Brewers are playing really good baseball. They have, of course, dominated on the mound. That's where the attention is at, and rightfully so. A lot of attention being given to Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. And uh, Adrian Hauser has quietly pitched really well also. Brett Anderson's done his job. And then, of course, you have those big arms in the bullpen like J.P. Fireisen. Devin Williams is going to come around and be himself before it's all said and done. And then Josh Hader, who's been absolutely filthy so far. This is a really good team on the mound. But you go back over the last week, this team has performed offensively also. A 7 nothing win on Wednesday against the Cubs. They had the big output on Monday against the Cubs, uh, what they were able to do on Sunday against the Cardinals. Uh, This team's doing some good things offensively right now, too, and I think you can be pretty excited about the totality of this team, about the overall balance with this team, left to right in that lineup, one through eight, uh, the depth of the lineup, very, very impressive stuff, but a great defense, and again, I think a pitching staff overall that takes a backseat to nobody right now in baseball. So this is fun. Enjoy this. We've got fans back at the ballpark. It feels like normal baseball. We're tailgating again. Enjoy it. Take this all in and enjoy it. The Brewers are in the midst of what is, quite frankly, the the best run of baseball in the organization's history. They've been to the postseason three consecutive years. They look like a team that has a great shot at getting back to the postseason for a fourth consecutive year. And there is so much to be excited about with this club. Now, okay, here's what we have for you on Brewers on Tap today. Uh, We've got a good show for you. We're going to jump into Sabermetrics 101. We have not had one of those yet since the season started. We're going to dive into Sabermetrics 101. We are going to break down all the crazy numbers behind the Brewers pitching, specifically Corbin Burns. Speaking of which... Corbin is going to join us. I was able to talk to him after his second start of the year in St. Louis. So this was before his great start on Wednesday against the Cubs. But I'm going to let you listen in on my long conversation with Corbin about everything he's gone through, about how he feels right now, and about where he's at in terms of on the mound and the dominance that he's been showing. Um, 
good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy that conversation with Corbin Burns as well. So that is coming up for you also. Plus, I will chat with Billy McKinney, Brewers bench piece that's had a critical role in the first month of the season. That is all coming up. Let's jump into Sabermetrics 101. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. As we take a look at these numbers, there are so many staggering numbers around Corbin Burns's three starts. It's a historic start, one of the greatest starts for a starting pitcher, not just in Brewers history, but probably in Major League Baseball history. Let's dive into some of these numbers. Of course, you know that Wednesday he started against the Cubs. The Brewers won seven to nothing, and he went another six innings, gave up just two hits, did not give up any runs. 10 strikeouts, no walks. The numbers are just really ridiculous when it comes to Corbin Burns. He has now, listen to this, he is now the only pitcher since 1901 to string together three straight starts of at least six innings and two or fewer base runners. That's that's mind-blowing, right? That's, that's absolutely staggering. He's also... Got 30 strikeouts and no walks. He's the only pitcher in 120 years of Major League Baseball's modern history to do that through their first three outings. And he's got a shot to go for the record. The record, which go back to 1893, which is when the the current uh, distance of the mound to home plate started, and so usually we go back to 1893 with those records. Adam Wainwright holds the Major League mark for a starting pitcher with 35 strikeouts in 2013 before issuing his first walk. Before Corbin Burns, the only other starter to reach 30 was Noah Syndergaard, who did it in 2017 when he got to 31. Kenley Jansen holds the overall record. He struck out 51 batters in 17 before issuing his first walk. It's it's. I mean, these numbers are just absolutely absurd when you start breaking down Corbin Burns and everything he's done everything he's worth right now. Let's jump into some of these other numbers with Corbin specifically, and we'll throw some others in there because, look, Freddie Peralta is is right there with him, and so is Brandon Woodruff, quite frankly, especially if you take Brandon Woodruff's opening day start out. His last two starts have been insane as well. But Corbin Burns, walks and hits per innings pitched. He's first, .218. He's in front of Carlos Rodon and Joe Musgrove, who have both thrown no hitters this year, and yet he's still averaging less walks and hits per innings pitched than those two guys. Um, that's kind of absurd when you think about it. Uh, earned run average, he's fourth of the .49, just behind Tyler Glasnow with a .46. Musgrove has a .47. Rodon has a 0.00 ERA, of course. Uh, war for pitchers, he's tied with Tyler Glasnow uh, with 1.1. Uh, in terms of war for pitchers. Um, this is all adding up to a Cy Young. Now, wait, it, look, let's calm down. It's three starts in. you got to do it over the course of the year. But if this continues, or even if he does 85% of this much the rest of the way, he's going to be right there, and it's going to be hard to argue that he wouldn't be in line uh, to, to possibly win a Cy Young this year, which would be obviously a very – very cool thing. Strikeouts per nine innings pitch, number one in all of baseball, Freddie Peralta, 16.6 strikeouts per nine innings, which is absurd. Uh, and then you have Corbin Burns at third with 14.7 strikeouts 
per nine inning. I mean, you just keep going through these numbers. It's just incredible what Brewers pitchers have been able to do, and how can you not be excited about this? Think about this to kind of jump away from the sabermetrics part of it for a second. Think about this. You go into it into the postseason. Let's say the, and the Brewers have to get there. But you go into the postseason, and if these three guys specifically, Woodruff, Peralta, and, and then, of course, Corbin Burns, are still pitching like this or on this level, and you go into the postseason, you're going into a five-game series, and you get to stack those three guys up in some sort of order against anybody else, you're feeling really good. You're feeling really good about how you stack up. This team has so much to offer, and those are just that's just a glimpse of the numbers to tell you just why this team is performing the way that it is and probably going to perform even better as we get going and the offense kind of takes hold that much more. Very good stuff on Sabermetrics 101. Well, let's talk to the man himself, Corbin Burns. Had a chance to sit down with him last week after his start in St. Louis and talk to him about the craziness of, of this start and, and how it's felt. And, of course, he went out and backed it up one more time after our conversation. Let's break it down. Yeah, yeah, it's felt good. Um, you know, we've had had pretty good, pretty good game plans going in the last two outings. Um, you know, and Omar's done a great job on the plate of of sticking to game plans. And you know, we've been on the same page, you know, basically for for twelve innings now. So it's it's been nice. But uh, yeah, we, we've been able to kind of mix and match things, and you know, stuff wise, everything's been good good early on. So we just have to uh, have to keep it rolling. Last year, you got into a great groove with Jacob Nottingham catching you. Uh, Nottie's been hurt uh, all spring. He didn't catch at all. He's just starting to catch now at the alternate site. Um, so you knew at the beginning of the year that it was going to be a different situation with who you were going to throw to. And Omar, and obviously you're very familiar and, and comfortable with Manny as well, but um, it doesn't seem like it's had any impact on you in any sort of way other than a positive way because you guys have seen, seemingly been on the same page. Yeah, yeah, no, we we put a lot of work, um, you know, in during spring training to to get to this point. Um, you know, I, I know Omar and Manny talked a lot to, uh, to to Nottingham about you know certain setups, you know what you know kind of game plan that kind of stuff. So they they were always bouncing ideas off each other to you know, obviously they want to be back there as comfortable as they can, so it you know makes makes the game go smoother for for us on the mound. But um, yeah, he's done a great job, and it's something that it's still evolving as well. Um, you know, we made a couple of couple of tweaks, kind of. After the um, start last week against Minnesota, coming into the the game yesterday, so it's something that um, I think we'll kind of be evolving still as we get to know each other more. But um, so far, it's been a, it's been a good relationship. You, of course, uh, have so many different pitches in your arsenal. Um, you throw high nineties. You got a cutter in the mid nineties that has been really valuable for you, of course, and it complements that that kind of two seam run that you can get that arm side run with your fastball at times. Uh, obviously the changeup has been a pitch that you don't use maybe as much, but when you have used it, it's been very effective. And then I thought the curveball yesterday again was, was really good for you. And it, there's such a, a firmness to it and you're getting a lot of swing and miss with it. Uh, you're getting good feedback on that one. Yeah, definitely. I think the curveball has been, uh, it's probably gonna be the, diff- the biggest difference maker this year. Um, you know, it's a pitch that doesn't go the typical East and West. Like I, like I like to pitch, um, you know, cutters, sinkers, sliders changeups are all mostly going east and west so they have the you know the pitch you know that curveball with the with the good depth to it and it's a lot slower so that's kind of helps to to kind of keep their their radar gonna you know their mental radar gonna check that they can't go out and just try to jump me with a uh, with a cutter or a sinker so for me i think that's probably been the biggest difference maker um you know, yesterday the cutter 
Um, it was actually was not that good yesterday. It's something that you know kind of struggled with command wise throughout the whole game, but we we're able to, uh, to to kind of stay in counts, stay on top of things with with the uh, the curveball. You know, when when you have outings like you've had your first two times out, and I think Craig Council said if we're going to get greedy after the first outing, he he didn't think your slider was as good as it can be the first outing, and and you're saying you didn't think your cutter was as good in the second outing. I mean, that, that's amazing because you're having historic kind of success right now, and you still feel like there, there's another level you can get to is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, so just, just kind of the way we set up the arsenal is, you know, it allows me to have certain days where stuff, you know, I, I don't have a certain pitch. Um, the first game, the slider wasn't great. We still threw some good pitches, but we were able to, you know, able to get around it. Yesterday, the cutter wasn't great. Uh, still be able to throw some good pitches with it, but you know, we had the, we had the curveball, we had the slider sinker was good yesterday and the right-hander. So it just allows me to, if I'm not feeling the cutter that day, if I'm not feeling the curveball that day, it just gives me other options to, to go to. And so we're not have to having to live with just, you know, just a sinker or just a change up or something that day. How fun is it for you that it's not just you that, that Woody took a no hitter into the seventh inning the day before that Freddie Peralta uh, has, has had historic strikeout numbers and, gave up just one hit in his outing against the Cubs two days before uh, all of you guys, your young arms. I, I got to think you, you, you kind of feed off of each other a little bit right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 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 a, you know, it's exciting to see you, you love to see those guys you out there that obviously your teammates, we all, you're still competing against them. You, you, you want to go out there and you want to push each other and you want to, that's, you know, that's how we're going to have the best staff is to continually try to push each other try to get the most out of each other. Um, and then, you know, in turn, it helps each other out. You know, when, when we line up three, three games in a series, you know, we're going to be able to see what Peralta's done. I'll be able to be able to see what Woody's done. You know, it just, it's just more and more knowledge that we gain going into, you know, our particular starts that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that you can't really get if, um, you know, obviously if a guy struggles the day before, you know, it, it's, you can't really learn much from it, but, having guys go out and throw the ball well in front of you, getting a good idea of what lineups are going to look like, what matchups are going to look like. It's, it's beneficial to, uh, to everyone. You're two starts into the season. So there's a long way to go. And there's been so much made about going from last year's shortened season to, to a full 162 this year and managing arms and being careful and being conservative, so to speak with your arms. Do you have a good feel for, for how that's going to shake out and, and how you're going to manage that over the course of the year. I'm sure communication is going to be a key, but also two starts in, do you feel kind of like you're ready to just let it all hang out there now in your next start? Or do you still feel like there's a little bit of a ramp up process that, that needs to continue uh, in terms of just being considerate about not, not getting too out of control yet. Yeah. I, th I think there were, there's still going to be, you know, a, a pretty still considerable, you know, ramp up period here. Um, Yesterday in the sixth, you know, it became evident, you know, I started to get behind in counts and just, I just lost my legs. That's something that spring training, you start to build that up, but you really only get out to five innings, maybe once in spring. So the first month of the season, you're still trying to get your legs underneath you. So, you know, this could be something that stretches a month, month and a half, two months into the year, you know, depending on how, you know, innings line up, pitches, you know, pitch counts line up. It's something that, you know, we're going to have to be more, you know, mindful of it this year. Um, but it's going to be one of those things that's going to be, you know, just evolving throughout the season, how we're feeling, like you say, you have to, we have to communicate it and you know, we're, they're going to do their best to, to keep everyone healthy. Cause that's when, you know, we're going to be able to help out the team the most is when we're out on the mound and you know, able to help the team win. 
Corbin, you're a really competitive guy, and you and I have talked about this before. After your 2019 season, you, you underwent a lot of changes and a lot of things that you worked on, and you spent a ton of time in Arizona working on that, but not just physically. You worked on the mental side of it, too. You're so competitive, you had to understand how to kind of let things go a little bit, um, but still keep that edge at the same time and not change who you are. I, I know all those things were a challenge. That was a tough time that you went through. And you, you had the success that you had last year. It had to feel so good to be rewarded for all of that hard work. And now to come back this year and the confidence level is probably as high as it's ever been for you at this point in time. How appreciative are you of, one, your own commitment to stay with this and, and to stay locked in on trying to get this all to the point that it's at now, but also this organization for how they invested in you and stayed with you and, and helped you get to this point, too? Yeah, you know, the, the, the results we got last year, um, obviously, were great just on, you know, on a personal level, but more importantly, were great knowing what we had gone through in 2019, what we had gone through in the, the offseason prior to 2020, just the, you know, the physical work, the mental work, then, you know, that was very rewarding. But to the, to the point at the end of last year, you know, we took, gosh, basically two, 10 days, two weeks off, and that was like the period of like, hey, let's go back, let's evaluate everything, look at everything we did good you know, talk about it, you know, let's get it out there. Let's, you know, go ahead, pat yourself on the back, do whatever you got to do, you know, make yourself feel good. And then, Hey, we got to lock it back in and go. So for me, I, I was able to kind of go back and reflect on, on 2020, um, you know, for a couple of weeks and, you know, celebrated and, you know, did whatever had, had got married went you know, had a nice honeymoon. I was like, okay, now it's time. Now it's going to lock back in. But, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things that it, it was, it was good to, to get the results. And then, like you say, it was the, you know, the Brewers very easily could have, could have given up, given up on me at the end of 2019, um, you know, at the end of 2019, kind of, kind of went off the radar there to just kind of get a, you know, a mental reset, try to get away from the game for a little bit. And then, you know, try to get, get things amped up at the end of 2019 and go into the off season. And, you know, so, so, you know, credit to them, you know, thank, you know, I want to thank them for everything they've done. Um, you know, I've talked to David multiple times about it, even counts. Um, you know, just just the the ups and downs that we went through in 2019 to for them to stick with me and you know the work that we put into for 2020 to be the, the year it was is you know very appreciative. Well, people can look around. I think they'd have a hard time finding somebody more dominant right now than you are on the mound. It's been so fun to watch and to be able to call these games. Best of luck and can't wait for your next start. Awesome. Thank you. And a big thanks to Corbin Burns for taking the time to join us on Brewers on Tap this week. Another big piece to the Brewers' early season success has been bench piece Billy McKinney. Lorenzo Cain's gone on the IL, and even with Colton Wong on the IL and Christian Yelich missing some games with back tightness, it has forced Craig Council to get a little bit creative and move guys around in the lineup a little bit, and that has meant more opportunities for Billy McKinney. And he's made some big plays in the field, and he's really gotten it done at the plate. I had a chance to sit down with him and talk about his great start to this season. Billy, you've had a a lot of success early on here, and and your role is not always an easy one for guys to manage because a lot of times you're coming off the bench late in games with pinch hit opportunities, and you've been delivering. It has to feel good, first and foremost, that you've had the success you've had so far. Yeah, you know, glad to get some get some hits out there early but you know it's a long season so just got to keep sticking to the grind and uh keep pushing forward and you know that's the past now we're on to today and keep going 
I want to kind of get into your journey to this point in time that brings you to the Brewers. You've been with a couple of different organizations and you've had some success in those organizations, but sometimes it's just about finding the right place and the right fit. And it, it looks like you've got a great one here in Milwaukee right now. How, how hard is it sometimes to grind through the challenging times uh, and understand that, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And there's always that next opportunity just around the corner. Yeah, this is my fifth organization now. So, I mean, I've been appreciative of every team that's brought me on board. And like you said, you know, it's just right fit, right time. And I uh, uh, was traded a few times early on in my career. And, you know, yeah, everything happens for a reason. So I just try to stick to the grind and, and just keep going. And, you know, baseball guys are baseball guys. So once you get to know them, I mean, they're always they're always great dudes. So uh, it, it's just been a pleasure getting getting to come here and play with this team and get to know them. And it's uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun, though, because, I mean, it's we're trying to win really bad. Like everybody's working really hard to win. And, and that's just that that itch to win is uh, what I strive for. And I love so much so. Um, just being here and uh, getting to know everybody. Um, it's just been a pleasure. That can be a little bit contagious, right? When everybody's kind of grinding in the same direction, it's everybody kind of gets on board at that point. Absolutely. Uh, especially with the guys, the veterans you have here, um, just their energy, the way they go about their business and, and just with the coaching staff, I mean, everybody kind of knows what they want to do and how they want to do it. And, uh, that just, that helps out a lot, really. So it's it's uh and it's contagious too. Like like the way Lorenzo, Christian, those guys all act, the way that they go about their business, it uh it definitely trickles down throughout the team. Billy, coming into spring, you knew you were going to be in a battle to make this roster, and there was a handful of guys that all kind of came in in a similar place, and and at one point didn't even know if there was going to be four or five outfielders on this roster with guys that can be utility players and everything else. You earned it. You kind of hit your way on to this team, but you also showed the ability to play some first base, which was valuable too. What was spring like for you waking up every day knowing I, I'm going out here to try to earn a job? Uh, you know, uh, I was just trying to take it one day at a time. Uh, yeah, there was so much talent we had in camp, and, I mean, there's just so much talent within this organization. Um, me being out of options, I mean, I just wanted to put my best foot forward and, and show them what I got and, and show how badly that I wanted to be here too and to help the team win. And uh, yeah, uh, thankful for the Yankees adding first base uh, to my um, outfield, I guess, repertoire. And because um, I really enjoy first base, it's a lot of fun and it definitely adds another element to my game to work on and uh, to help me get out on the field. You know, that's, that's the most important thing is uh, just trying to get on the field. And if first base does that, absolutely. I love going over there and playing. You know this. Uh, I think the fans understand this too, but it always looks great on paper when you're going into opening day. Here's the 26 guys that make up the opening day roster, but that changes a lot. Uh, you know, bullpen changes turnover all the time, trying to get fresh arms up. But also, it's just not a perfect world. 162 games, a long season. So we've already seen Yelly dealing with some back issues. Colton Wong has gone down with an oblique. Lorenzo dealt with a little bit of an oblique. And so, uh, you know, what might not look like an opportunity today might be four or five days in a row where you're in the lineup tomorrow. I mean, it, baseball works that way and you always have to be ready. Exactly. Yeah. Just uh, just trying to stick to the grind, stick to my plan. And um, yeah, obviously we want those guys on the field. Those they're, they're our leaders and uh, they're, they're just great ball players all around. Um, but yeah, you know, when when uh, it, when hopefully, you know, whenever there's an opportunity, I want to go up there and help out the team and 
Uh, but having those guys in the lineup is huge. And uh, hopefully it's just as short as possible that they're out and they can stay healthy throughout the rest of the year and, and help us win more games. Well, Billy, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're off to a great start with the Brewers and this team's playing really well right now. It's fun to come to the ballpark and watch this team play. Absolutely. It's a, it's a blast playing here. So I'm enjoying it so far and uh, hopefully we keep getting some more wins. You bet. Best of luck tonight, Billy. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. McKinney, by the way, 6 of 15 to start this year with a triple and an RBI. He has an OPS of 971 through 10 games played. A very small sample size, but still, you get the feeling that Billy McKinney, who hit his way onto this roster during spring training, is going to stick around for a little bit for this Brewers club, and that is a welcomed thing. He's a left-handed bat that can play some first, play in those corner outfield spots, and the Brewers are Plenty pleased with what they've gotten from him thus far. Okay, that's going to do it for us and this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We thank you for joining us, Brewers and Pirates, this weekend at American Family Field. Then the Brewers go on the road, San Diego, and then back to Wrigley Field for the second time this year already on this next road trip. Should be a lot of fun. We will talk to you from Chicago as the Brewers get set for that series against the Cubs next week. Here's hoping the crew still in first place when we talk next week. Until then, stay healthy, stay safe. Go crew. I'm Lane Grindle. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.